Well, good morning, everyone. Um, welcome to a very, very nicely chilled, cool. No, no. Very well. Welcome to church this morning. It's it's a bit warm, which is great because it means that then when we're worshiping, worshiping and we're standing up, then the more we wave our arms, the more air we push through the building. So it's it's a holy thing to lift your arms up and to praise God and to wave them around a little bit. Um, even dancing creates like airflow. So, uh, so you know. Um, <laughs> anyway, welcome to everybody this morning. Welcome to those who are able to join us on Zoom. Hopefully everything's working. We did have a, a problem with the Wi-Fi um, not working this week. Um, but hopefully we've got people on Zoom. Wave to those on Zoom if they're there. Yes, apparently there are some on Zoom. Yes, fantastic. Um, uh, this morning I'm leading the service and Martin will be coming and speaking uh, later. It is also communion, so a quick warning for those of you who are on Zoom, run off and get your bread and wine ready. Um, for those of us here, it's already here, so that's fine. Um, and just to say that, you know, you are, you are welcome to join us in communion. You know, if you love the Lord Jesus as your saviour, then please join us in communion this morning. Um, we'd love to, to just to have you here celebrating with us. Um, there is some notices to give in a little while, but let's start with a word of prayer and let's worship our God this morning. Father God, we thank you that we can come into your presence this morning freely. And so, Lord, just come by your Holy Spirit this morning. Fill us afresh, fill us anew. Help us to put aside what has happened in our day, in our week, Lord, and come before a holy God now and give him praise. So, Lord, we come before you now, knowing that you will come and presence yourself by your Holy Spirit. Because you say where two or three are gathered in your name, then you're there in the midst. And so, Lord, we thank you that you're here this morning. We bless your holy name. Lord, thank you. Bless you. Let's stand and sing.
you sing holy, holy? Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. I want to see you. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. I want to see you.
Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. Yes, I will worship Your holy
Son, the Father's love, sung it over me and for eternity. It's written on my compassion on us in Christ. Father, we're in awe and wonder again at your love for us. Father, even now you're singing over us with love, a song of love. You call us your children, dearly loved and adopted in Christ through the Holy Spirit within us. Father, we cry, Abba, Father, dear Father, we love you, Lord. Accept our worship today, we pray. Father, forgive us where we've sinned and fallen short. Lord, where we've sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, and in all the good we've failed to do. 
Lord, clothe us again in your righteousness. Forgive us and cleanse us. Wash us clean. And Lord, put your spirit in us again today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. as Cain, who was that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew him, because his own works were evil and his brother's righteousness. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we also lay down our lives for the brethren. are so unworthy and you give us your all we deserve nothing 
but you give us everything. Thank you, Father, for your love. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Lord, we want to come with reverence and fear and, and awe, before an awesome God this morning. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you are here this morning. Bless your holy name. Amen. Amen. So, um... Time for the young people to go to their groups. If there is young people, go into groups. And can I take the offering up, please, as well? Whoever has that. I'll pray for the offering. It's not here, but it's fine. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Not to worry. All right, okay. There's a children's stampede. Yeah, thanks a lot. If you just put it down the top there. Thanks. Yeah, just put it there. Okay, thanks. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for our young people. Thank you for the joy. Thank you for seeing them this morning waving flags. Lord, we thank you for the joyous celebration they bring. And Lord, we pray now as they go out into their groups that, Lord, you continue to build their hearts, build their lives as they grow as, as young people. Lord, may they grow in spirit and truth as well. And, Lord, we thank you for the money that's been given this morning. Lord, we ask now that you would just use it to, to expand your kingdom here in Heathervale and also into, into different areas in Newhall and into, into to the world around us, Lord. We want to see Jesus high and lifted up. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So a few notices which give Simon time to get down, which he is already on. Ah, look at that. Quick notice as he's walking down. Um, today we have only a couple of people on coffees. So please, when you finish your coffee um, today, please can you take your cup to the hatch so that it can be washed up, please. And that will help as we, we don't have many people this morning. Over to you, Simon. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. 
it's that beautiful time of year again. The sun is shining. Next weekend It'll is be raining. summer events. No. <laughs> yeah. no, it's not. No, it's not. No. It's looking good. So midsummer event next weekend. Um, and I'm desperately needing help as usual. Um, so I've made some notes here. I've got some things to just notes first. 7.30 on Thursday, down at the park, is our prayer walk. We claim the ground uh, for God because when we want people to walk into the main marquee for the service or into the prayer tent or into the coffee shop area, uh, we want them to, to feel God. Um, so, so we're going to prayer walk the park at 7.30 this coming Thursday. Uh, Friday is set up. So set up at 10 o'clock Friday morning. If you can help in any way, that would be brilliant. Um, if you can get a volunteer day off work, which I know you can, we've got a few people doing that already, um, that have actually taken a volunteer work, and your company gives you the day off to come and work at the midsummer event, which is brilliant. Um, so, so you can apply for that, and they will say yes to that um, with no problem at all. So you can come and help uh, set up on Friday. That'd be brilliant. 10 o'clock down the park. Um, then on Saturday um, is the main event. 10.45 down at Amos Avenue, day centre, we need marshals. Again, you'll get a lovely high-vis vest to walk along the side of the procession, um, and, uh, and you, can, you can make yourself look very official um, with a nice high-vis vest. Um, then we've got the actual event uh, all day uh, on Saturday. We've got the film in the evening. Uh, 6.30, come and watch the film in the evening. Sunday is then the church service, 10.30 down at the park. Um, where All Saints and Heatherwell, we come together. And then after that is the breakdown, where we pack it all away uh, and we go home, which is always the best bit of the uh, weekend because we're tired and we're ready to go home at that point. But um, you may have heard on social media and you may have seen about uh, that this is highly likely going to be the last midsummer event. After 23 years, uh, I myself am giving up um, and mm, the rest of the committee have also stepped down. So it's very sad, um, extremely, extremely sad. I am absolutely heartbroken, but the time has come. Um, there's some new regulations that, that Runnymede have put in place and Surrey that have put in place that have actually just made it unfinancially viable and the extra workload has just gone through the roof. Um, and we as a committee who give up our time voluntary for this have said that it's not worth it anymore, um, which is a real shame. So, so we want to go out on a bang this year. Um, someone may come along and take over. We, we, you know, we're not, I'm not saying just because I'm stopping, it's going to finish. Um, we want, you know, we want an event like this to carry on in our community. And, and if it's going to take a different form, it will take a different form, whatever it will take. But I want you to pray about that. Because that's, you know, that's, it's an important thing in our community, really important, that has been running so well for so many years. And to see it go, it, it's, it's definitely heartbreaking. But, but just pray over that. Um, we don't know what, what the plans are, um, you know, what God's plans for the next, the next season are. But, um, but we want to go out on a bang. We want to make sure this is a good one. Uh, God's being really good with the weather so far, looking like it's going to be good. So if you are coming to help, Bring some extra water, bring some sun cream, bring a hat, um, because it's going to be a nice hot one. But, but please just come and enjoy the weekend uh, of the Midsummer event this coming weekend. See you at 7.30 on Thursday for prayer. Bless you, people. Thanks, Simon.
Thank you. <laughs> Can those who are serving communion please come to the front and we'll um, hand over to, to Martin for, for communion, please. Steve's already said, and just to repeat, um, you don't have to be a, a member of this church or even a regular attender to take uh, bread and wine. We just ask that you love and serve and follow the Lord Jesus Christ, um, that you recognize in these elements, in the bread, the body of Christ, and in the wine, the blood of Christ shed for you in Jesus' death on the cross for your sin. If that's something that you've responded to, if you've invited Jesus to be Lord and King of your life, if you've turned away from living for yourself and turned to him, to follow him, and submitted to him as Lord and King, then you are welcome to take part in this meal of remembrance and thanksgiving, but also looking forward to the return of Christ, where all believers are promised that we will enjoy a heavenly banquet for eternity in the presence of the Saviour. So... As a prayer of thanksgiving, Pauline's going to lead us in prayers. Thank you. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the freedom which we enjoy mm. to gather here together to worship you, to learn from your word. We thank you for your attributes that we have been learning about. Your holiness, love, justice, mercy, faithfulness and patience. We know that it is because of these attributes that Jesus came into the world to give his life as an atoning sac sacrifice for us. Today as we share bread and wine, representing your body and your blood, we remember that sacrifice and once again we thank you help us lord to show our love to you by serving you with our lives and showing your attributes in our lives because we were made in your image this we ask in jesus name amen amen thank you paulie if you uh still on a journey exploring who Jesus is and what he did for you on the cross, please don't feel embarrassed to remain among us, but please do uh, just let the, the bread and the wine pass you by, but do think about, reflect on these symbols. We remember that Jesus took bread and after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this, eat this in remembrance of me. As we break this bread, we remember that Jesus said, I am the bread of life, and whoever feeds on me will live forever. And as we break this bread, we remember that this bread represents Jesus' body that was pierced for our transgressions. So we take the bread and eat it as we receive it.
We remember that after supper, Jesus took the cup, and after he had given thanks, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. We will hold on to our cups and all drink together as a sign of our unity in the body of Christ. So we drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for us.
an opportunity now to bring our prayers of intercession for the worldwide persecuted church, for prayers for petition for those in our own fellowship and further afield who need also a touch of Christ's grace and mercy and healing and help at this time. Uh, Mark has the microphone, so he will catch up with you as you start to, to pray. But let's uh, have a time of open prayer as the Spirit leads you. Please lead us. And on Zoom, uh, please unmute and pray as you feel you want to. Uh, Eve, uh, before you today, Lord, on this Lord's Day, we pray, Father, that somehow she would feel your presence today. She would experience your presence, even there in the hospital bed, Lord. And uh, be with Steve and um, uh, Joe and Shah too, Lord, as they uh, seek to support uh, each other and Steve and, and Eve. Lord, we just pray for wisdom and discernment and skill for the doctors and the family as they discuss a plan moving forward. Lord, please be involved in this. Please be guiding Eve and Steve particularly, but the whole family as they, Lord, work out a plan together with the medical team for Eve coming home. Lord, we pray that you would provide what this family needs, and we pray for wisdom and patience and compassion for this family in this difficult situation. But Lord, visit them even now we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, who have issues in their lives, Lord, with um, conditions that are quite serious, Lord. You know who they are, Lord. I lift the little ones to you, knowing that you are the God who brings healing and that you have them in your hand, Lord. And as we've spoken to them and said, we are going to pray for them. Lord, the little ones, you know them, Lord and you are able to bring healing and for their future development. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Lord, we give thanks this week for the four young children that were found in the middle of the forest. Lord, one of them was only a baby, but Lord, his elder brother looked after him and the others. We ask that somebody can come forward and keep them together as a family. Lord, we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Lord, uh, I pray a lot, a lot of people by the time certainly they're 40 have witnessed events in their own lives have turned them deaf, if you like, towards anyone speaking to them about Jesus Christ and God. And um, I pray that, that, that somehow those people who can't as yet, who haven't as yet been, been reached, are reached. There's a kind of malaise in the world, you know, over people where they are virtually going around um, like sleepwalkers. So I, I pray, you know, that somehow, you know, that you release them from this so that they, that they can 
actually sense your presence, Lord. Amen. right uh, for their respective treatment and the way forward and lord would you just be with them may they know your presence and uh, just pour out your love and your grace upon them in jesus name amen father i just <laughs> lift the events of next weekend to you and um there'll be a lot of people very sad at the announcement that the midsummer event is going to be changing or finishing but father we pray for our presence as a church down that week down the park next weekend that that people on the stalls people having interaction with the community would just have the right words to say and for the service next weekend that your words will be shared and that there be lives changed because of that weekend father we just lift that all to you thank you for simon and the team that have done wonderful things over the last many years but uh, we just lift that to you that this will be a glorious event and lives will be just taken further on their journey to seeing you amen lord would you break open your word your word of life to us now as we hear your word read to us lord and as we look at it together we ask, Spirit of God, that you would shine your light into our hearts. Show us Christ. Give us a bigger vision of Christ. Lord, open our hearts to see Jesus and respond to him in obedience and faith. We ask it in his name. Amen. So this morning's reading is from 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 18. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to you, to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears un up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to his father, to him who just, justly, judges justly. Yeah, try that one. Okay. <laughs> he himself bore our sins in his body. On the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed for you were like sheep going astray but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls let's pray for martin lord we thank you for your word and we just ask now that you would just open our hearts and our minds to listen to what you want to say to us we ask it in jesus name amen Well, good morning. Uh, we're looking at uh, the attributes of God. These are the attributes that we can uh, seek to emulate. Um, there are some attributes of God that we can't. Um, none of us can be omniscient. That's all knowing. We might think we are on the internet, 
but we are not all-knowing. Only God is all-knowing and perceives everything all at once. But we can be patient. Um, God is perfectly patient, and we are called to be patient. Um, all of us struggle with impatience, don't we? Uh, and there's a close connection between impatience and anger. Impatience can turn to anger in a nanosecond, can't it? Just drive around the area for a bit in a car and hit some traffic lights and see if you don't become impatient or even frustrated or even angry sitting in traffic in the heat. Um, I'll leave that one hanging in the air. You see, the Bible communicates the idea of patience in the Old Testament in the phrase, slow to anger. Um, do you know, the phrase slow to anger appears loads of times in the Old Testament. Exodus 34, 6, Numbers 14, 18, Nehemiah 9, verse 17, Psalm 86, 15, Psalm 103, verse 8, Psalm 145, verse 8, Joel 2, 13, Jonah 4, 2, Nahum 1, 3. Do you think God might be trying to tell us something? Do you think God might be trying to tell us that he is slow to anger somehow? That's not all of them, by the way. Slow to anger literally means that God is long-nosed. All right? Now, some people, when they get angry, their nose turns red. And their nose might flare, and they might even snort. Perhaps that person is you. I don't know. But, but in the, in the Hebrew, it's a Hebrew idiom or saying. It means that God is slow to anger. His nose doesn't go red and flare up, and he doesn't snort quickly. All right? It's a wonderful phrase for you. God is not long-nosed. Sorry, he is long-nosed. He, he takes a long time to flare up and get angry. God is perfectly patient, the perfect patience of God. Um, the phrase slow to anger is translated as long-suffering. Um, in Paul's list of fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, um, patience translates as long-suffering. Um, somebody already alluded to long-suffering in terms of how long they've been married this morning. <laughs> I know they were joking, and they will remain anonymous. <laughs> tut, 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 yeah. So how is God long-suffering and patient towards us? Well, first, God is patient with regard to our sin. This is one of my favorite uh, scriptures. The Lord, this is Psalm 103, by the way. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, long-nosed, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. It's just as well, isn't it? God could legitimately destroy us for our sin, right? Our sin deserves death. We don't deserve to remain alive. But God, in his patience, 
it means that his mercy towards us is new every day. Every day, every day that we're alive and we have breath in our body is a gift of God's patience towards us. Did you know that? He doesn't destroy us because he loves us and has patience on us. God is patient and, lo and uh, long-suffering because he wants people to turn to him and repent and not be separated from him for eternity. So 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The reason Jesus hasn't yet returned is that God is patient. He wants more people to turn to him, but there's an urgency because Christ is coming. That time is running out. That's why, we, that's why there's an urgency to evangelism. We have to tell people about Jesus while we still have time. The slow anger or patience of God is incredible considering God knows and witnesses every anger-inducing thing about us. It's like God is watching a screen of you and I every day, of every careless thought, word, deed that we do. He sees everything. And he's patient towards us, right? Whereas we allow the smallest things to test our patience, don't we? The way someone chews their food winds us up. It might even make you angry if they're close to you. The way people don't fold the, t fold the towel in the bathroom the way you want them to irritates, frustrates, even makes some people angry, doesn't it? But these minor grievances, they cause our anger and frustration to rise but think about God against whom we have committed and continue to commit actual sins, both great and small. He bears with us patiently in the full knowledge of every single one of our offenses. Think about that. And we see the perfect obedience of God manifested in Jesus Christ. Jesus lived 33 years shoulder to shoulder with people like us and no doubt he was tempted constantly to impatience and quick anger you remember the disciples in the boat once Jesus had just done a miracle with bread and they were hungry duh and he Jesus said you know they said to Jesus we're hungry where are we going to get bread He'd just done a miracle and fed a crowd of 5,000. The disciples were hungry again and wondered where the bread was going to come from. He must have got impatient and frustrated and angry or been tempted to. Yet the Bible records only two instances in which Jesus' anger manifested itself. Jesus was angry at death. He snorted with indignation when death took his best friend Lazarus from this world. Jesus is angry at the intrusion of death into this world. It's not God's plan, not God's original plan for creation. And Jesus snorted with anger at the death of Lazarus. Jesus was angry when all the traders had turned the uh, area for prayer in the temple into a trading market, 
all these market stalls and he turned them over because this was supposed to be a place of prayer for the Gentiles and they turned it into market stalls. But Jesus' anger was perfectly righteous. It wasn't rash. It wasn't self-centered. It wasn't him being upset by someone. It was godly, righteous, perfect anger. And Jesus demonstrated his perfect patience in his suffering for our sin on the cross. 1 Peter 2, 21. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Some of you rightly will be wondering where the word patience is here, thinking, hang on a minute, is Martin making you know, a dubious connection between the sufferings of Jesus and the theme of patience? Well, the verb for uh, suffered there about Jesus, there in the text, is pasco, coming from Jesus' passion. And that, has, that is one of the words in Greek in the New Testament that's used for patience, the enduring Patient suffering of Jesus is what the Bible means by patience. Patience, if you look up patience actually in the Collins or Cambridge Dictionary, you will see there that it's about enduring suffering patiently. That's one of the key meanings. And that's what Peter means here. Pasco means enduring uh, suffering with patience. Now, we cannot um, be patient like this because we are not called to die for another person's sin. It wouldn't make any sense for you and me to die for someone else's sin because we are not perfect and sinless. Our sacrifice for sin wouldn't count because we are not sinless. Only the Son of God who was sinless could pay the penalty of death for our sin to repair the relationship between us and God. So we cannot repeat this once and for all sacrifice. But it is still an example to us. Let me take you to 1 Peter 2.18. This is talking about slaves, of course, but it, I'll show how it applies to us. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, then this is commendable before God. And again, the verb there for suffer is endure patiently. Peter makes it clear that Christian slaves may well suffer mistreatment from their masters just for being Christians. And we may, as Christians, suffer unjust persecution just for owning the name of Jesus. Um, I always, uh, I, I lead a group for young adults and I always regularly will go around the room and just ask them, what's it like to be a Christian in the workplace today? And they say, it's really hard, really hard. You, you really have to watch what you say and who you say it to because there's all sorts of regulations about what you're allowed to say about your faith and what you're not allowed to say. You know, you, you can even get into a disciplinary action if you start seeming to uh, 
proclaim the name of Jesus. So it's, it's a tough place, the workplace at the moment. It's hard to be a Christian. Or close to home, people in your family may scorn or ridicule your faith. Um, people in our workplaces may misunderstand or misrepresent Christians as narrow-minded, judgmental, self-righteous, bigoted, whatever. I've been called all of those things. <laughs> and I rejoice. Not because I like winding people up. I rejoice because Christ tells me to rejoice when I'm misunderstood for the truth. Right? None to do with me. It's about Christ, isn't it? We may find ourselves isolated in university or school on account of our faith. Now, it needs to be said, the context that Peter's speaking in is of Christian servants or slaves mis suffering mistreatment from their masters. The NRV translates duolos as slaves, but a better translation would be indentured servants. Um, any, any Downton Abbey fans in? One or two, yeah, a couple. So indentured servitude is a bit more like Downton Abbey. You know, the below stairs people, they get a roof over their heads, they get paid. Some of them are even professional people, but they're still effectively not free to come and go as they want to. They may have a good quality of life, even down below stairs, but they're still in indentured service. They're under uh, the authority of the master. And that's a bit more like what um, Peter means by servants in this text than what some poor examples in history of slavery. And in Peter's day, servants were generally well treated. Uh, they weren't only unskilled laborers, but were managers, overseers, doctors, nurses, teachers, musicians, skilled artisans. Those that were under the household of a master and worked for them under contract. And there was even Roman legislation to protect servants in ancient Roman uh, provinces. So just as there's legislation to protect workers today, which is often fought for by the unions, there was legislation in Roman society to protect servants. And you could, after a time, buy yourself out of, out of being a servant in Roman society. I guess the closest application today would be contracted employees, those who work contractually for an employer probably. You, you have to accept the legal and economic terms on which you're employed and you have, a, you have someone in authority over you. Um, and Peter is speaking specifically of Christians, if you like, bringing it into everyday parlance today, Christians in the workplace who are persecuted just for being Christians right? They're mistreated. They're treated differently because they are Jesus people. They don't get the same rights as people who are not Christians. They may not get promotion in the same way as those who are not Christians. They may be scorned, ridiculed, and all the rest of it. But Peter, Peter's teaching can be applied here to more widely, but I think it's important to set it in context, to anybody whether in a family or the community or in a university school workplace, anybody who finds themselves isolated and being sort of persecuted for their faith. And Jesus is our example here. When Jesus was mocked and spat on and scorned and whipped, he did not retaliate 
or raise his voice. But he, led, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter in silence. He did not retaliate or seek revenge or get angry, even when he was abused and spat on. And we too, as Christians, may endure unjust suffering. Um, 1 Peter 4 verse 12. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery trial that has come upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Right? There may be times when you are misunderstood, misrepresented, and actually that people don't like your views and will oppose you directly. Don't be surprised, says Peter. In fact, Peter says this, don't be surprised, rejoice <laughs> in so much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Do you see that? The spirit of glory rests on you when you're insulted for the name of Jesus. That's, these are not easy scriptures, are they? Because none of us like um, opposition. None of us like insults and persecution. But when we do get them for the name of Christ, Peter says rejoice. Because you're in the Jesus Club. This authenticates you as one of his followers, right? Now, we should never deliberately provoke people. We don't go around winding people up and annoying them and irritating them as Christians. That's not what we're about, is it? We're to do good, right? But standing up for the truth of Christ will bring opposition and persecution. Inevitably. You can't avoid it. But God's will for our lives is that we would be patient as he is patient. God wills that we would follow Christ's patience and await God's just judgment on sin. What might this look like in practice? Very quickly, three things, three ways we are to practice patience. First, patience means we should be slow to become angry. This is a real challenge. Get ready for a discipleship challenge. Here it is for all of us. Patience means we should be slow to become angry. My dear brother and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. This is hard. When someone persecutes us, I've been called a whole load of names for, and I hadn't, I have to say, I hadn't even opened my mouth to say anything at this point. The very fact that I was a Christian, I was called a bigot, narrow-minded, old-fashioned, and everything else. It was just an assumption that I was out to get this person before I'd even opened my mouth. I hadn't said a word, so I wasn't winding them up. So what are we going to do? Are we going to retaliate and name-call that person? No, it's not the way of Christ, is it? If we are upset by someone, rather than exploding in retaliation and revenge, which in our flesh often rises up, doesn't it? We like to get our own back. We're to take a moment, some time out to calm down 
and say to God, Lord, help me here. Examine my heart. Help me not to respond to, to return evil for evil. It may just be in more subtle cases than the one I've just given you. It may be that we've heard something secondhand or even thirdhand and we've rushed to a conclusion and decided that a person has upset us and we're going to go and give them a piece of our mind, right? But we haven't taken time to listen to their side of the story. It may be that we've, that the gossip has been, trans and often gossip is the cause of this, isn't it? That the gossip has mis- heard or misrelayed the information we're jumping to a conclusion that was never there so we should listen to the other person before we jump down their throat with anger and even then we shouldn't jump down their throat with anger take a moment ask the spirit for help to give us patience and to allow us to be calm to talk things through to understand before we proceed with any further conversation. Anger only whips up more trouble and anger. I know it because I've made the mistake. You want to bring peace and reconciliation, you need the Holy Spirit to enable you to have self-control and patience and to help you to be peaceful and calm, right? You know this. Second, patience is an expression of love towards others. Love is patient, long-suffering in the Greek. Anybody ever get frustrated with a family member or a friend who just doesn't listen? Of course you don't. You're not like me, are you? Everybody takes note of what you say and they jump to do what you want them to do. Of course they don't. We all get frustrated and irritated by people, don't we? We forget that Christ bears patiently with us. So we should ask the Holy Spirit to grow more fruit of patience in us before we go mouthing off against other people who frustrate us and irritate us, right? Rather than that, we should come alongside and encourage and strengthen the weak, those who need a word of encouragement, we, those who need a bit of correction. Speak the truth, but do it in love. Third, we need to be patient as we wait for the Lord's coming. We don't live in a patient world at all, do we? We live in an instant gratification, one click and you've got it tomorrow or even the same day if you pay a bit extra on Prime. We don't wait for anything. We've lost the art of waiting well with hope. We need to become more like farmers, according to James, as Christians. James 5, 7 and 8. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. The reason we get so frustrated and angry and impatient is often we want what others have got, i.e. no suffering, and we want it now. You know, we look at others and we, sometimes I hear people say, if only I didn't have this situation in my life. If only that person over there could understand what my life is like, how difficult it is. Well, well, hold up a minute. Do we really know what's going on in other people's lives? 
Do we really have a full understanding and picture of what other people are carrying in their lives? Of course we don't. We have no idea. So we shouldn't grumble against other people who we think are having an easier time in life than we are, right? We're all tempted, but it's so wrong, isn't it? If only my life was easier and more like so-and-so's. Well, who knows what that person is struggling with in their life? We don't know, do we? No idea. Everybody has their own struggles. We should never presume that somebody's life is so much easier than ours. Farming takes time. Vineyards take several years to yield a vintage crop. A mustard seed takes decades to grow into a tree. It takes hard work and patience. As Christians, we need to be more like hardworking, patient farmers. The work is intense and hard. Um, I've been in ministry now 21 years, and I can honestly vouch for this. Patience is probably one of the biggest character virtues you need in ministry. It's hard. The work is hard and long and intense. You don't always get the, the fruit and the harvest that you want when you want it. But there is fruit in God's time, but you've got to wait for it, and it's hard. And in the meantime, James warns me not to grumble against other people. How easily we start grumbling when things aren't going the way we want them to go and on our timetable, right? Verse 9, look at this. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Don't complain that other people seem to be having a party when you're struggling. No one is. Everyone suffers. Be patient. Jesus is coming again. One day, Jesus will put things right. One day, there'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more injustice. There'll be no more pain. So don't grumble against God and others while you have to wait patiently because these days that we're living in are like a passing breath compared to eternity. It's just a temporary blip in eternity. These days will come to an end. Suffering will come to an end. Sin and sickness and evil will come to an end. And those who continue to wait patiently for the Lord will enter into a new heaven and a new earth where there will be no more suffering or pain for eternity. This life doesn't actually last that long. You notice that, how fragile and temporary life is? Well, the Lord is coming again soon, and he will put everything right. So we can wait with patience. We can wait with thanksgiving and joy because the Lord is coming, and he calls us to wait. Sin and suffering have an expiration date. Those who wait patiently for the return of Christ do so with the insurance that all things will be made new. Whatever sufferings you're enduring today will not last into eternity. These are temporary things in, in the scope of eternity. They will count for little in the scope of eternity. So let's wait with patience and in our sufferings, looking for the Lord's return. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus and his return you know, the problem comes when we look at ourselves, isn't it? 
when we start comparing ourselves with others, when we start looking at our circumstances, that's when the, the grumbling comes, isn't it? You won't grumble if you look at the Lord who's coming again. You won't look, you won't grumble if you're looking at your eternal inheritance and all the riches of heaven that will one day be yours. You won't grumble if you are counting your blessings one by one every day. And you have thousands of blessings to count, don't you? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that people have patiently listened to me today. <laughs> Father, would you grow patience in us through your spirit as we wait, Jesus, for your return. Jesus, I pray for those who are enduring suffering today. Father, may they know the joy of your strength. Holy Spirit, would you visit them with the fruit of patience? Would you give them, Lord, a joy in you that looks to Jesus and his return rather than staring at their circumstances or comparing themselves to others? Jesus, I pray that we would fix our eyes on you, on the joy of knowing you in this life and for eternity. And may that transform, Lord Jesus, our ability to suffer in this life with patience and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. So um, I was just thinking about that verse that talks about um, perseverance produces hope, and hope is something that we, we know that we have in Jesus. So we're going to finish with, there is a hope that burns within my heart.
stand with you in glory and these sufferings that we have today are only temporary lord teach us patience as we go out into the world today we ask it in jesus name amen amen please join us for tea